Uh, we honor all the women. And we have lots of music now. It's great. And online, we're just uh, finishing off a quick video here. I think uh, they're going to give me the cue any minute now. Any moment, I should say. Where are we at with our online? Am I supposed to start now? I, I can't hear you. We're on. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back. I don't know where you were when you were online. I think you were watching a Mother's Day video, but I'm not sure. Uh, my name is Mike Schroeder, and I serve as one of the pastors here on the team, and we're just so glad that you are with us today. Welcome if you're a guest here. If you're watching online and you're not one of our regulars, we're glad that you're with us today. Uh, I am infamous uh, for dad jokes, and today I have some mom jokes. And so I just want to start off with you here. Uh, apparently, when a mom has her first child and she sees the first child eating dirt, she'll take that kid to the hospital. And now if she sees the second child eating dirt, she'll uh, get a rag and wash the kid's mouth out with the dirt or from the dirt. And by the time that gets to the third child, she wonders if he's had enough to eat, she won't have to make him lunch. Okay. No, come on. Come on. Be patient with me. Be good to me. Okay, so I and I'm the I'm the second child, yeah. Okay, so here's the mom's recipe for iced coffee. Okay, here's the mom's recipe for iced coffee. Number one, have kids. Number two, make coffee. Number three, forget you made coffee. And number four, drink it cold. That's uh, mom's recipe for <laughs> I'm getting applause now, see? My wife is there. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Okay, silence, apparently. Silence is golden unless you have kids, and then silence is suspicious. And uh, last but not least, last, last but not least, last, okay? What does the mom diet consist of? All the food that the kids won't eat. There we go. <laughs> All right. Um, all kidding aside, uh, I want to I want to dive into this word. It's a it's kind of a serious topic for Mother's Day, and it's not a Mother's Day topic at all. We uh, talked about this, and we decided that we're just going to continue this series. I, I don't know if you've heard of this little thing that happened around the world the last few years. It's uh, it's called COVID. Uh, but there's a lot of anxiety and fear that has arisen in many people's lives. Um, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands right now, but last week when Pastor Matt spoke so well on um, uh, facing anxiety, uh, there was uh, he asked how many people face anxiety and are hit by anxiety, and there was a large portion of our congregation here. And we know around the world people have been dealing with anxiety and fear. And so that's one of the reasons why we're making, uh, making this series. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of overlap with all of the different topics that you're going to be uh, offered here. And today we're going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to be talking about facing the fear of failure. But last week, Pastor Matt, he just hit a home run. And I, I want to encourage you, if you didn't actually hear that, uh, perhaps you should go and listen to it again. Now, talk, speaking of, uh, of um, 
technical difficulties. The online service last, last week, Pastor Matt, the first few minutes of his sermon, uh, there's no sound, but after that, it's there, and it's really worth listening to again. And he talked about the fact that every area of bondage in your life is connected to a lie. I'm going to say that again. Every area of bondage in your life is connected to a lie. And something I learned about this, uh, a lot of times what we try to do is just change or not think about it. We change how we think. But the way to do it actually is with uh, your voice, your voice, not just listening to someone else. But if you will speak faith affirmations out loud, it will help you combat thoughts of fear and help you uh, come to truth. And so speak the truth. You know, and if you can't think of anything else, think of one of your favorite Psalms, maybe Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Say, don't, I'm not asking you to say it out loud right now, but say it out loud to yourself and say it with faith and say it with determination. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I will not need anything because the Lord is my shepherd. Speak those kinds of words and that will help you combat the lies that are the foundation of a lot of these fears and anxieties. A lot of times it isn't attached to uh, anything you can think about, and sometimes we have to kind of dig deep and figure out, okay, so what is it that's causing this anxiety in my life? And we need to know ourselves, and we need to uh, be self-aware. But God help us, we get a, attach our, uh, our thinking to this process, and we figure out, okay, so where, and we can do it through prayer, right? We can ask God to show us. And then he'll show us the root, uh, what's, the, what's the lie here that I'm believing, and actually fight that thing. And we're not victims, but we are victors through Jesus Christ. Now, I'm just wondering, do we, do we have the sermon slides? Someone tell me, do we have them? Yes, we do. Okay, so there's, there's five points last, from last week that Pastor Matt uh, gave us, and I think we have them there. And they are online, I think, as well. I, no, I can't remember if they're online or not. Uh, but he gave us these five things. And what I'd like you to do, I'm just waiting for those five things to come up. But I, uh, am I going to see them? There we go. Yes. Uh, the next slide, please. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. So this is from last week. And now I'm your pastor. And I'm going to pastor you right now because I don't want you just to be hearers of the word. I want you to be doers of the word. Okay. So what I'd like to do is I'm going to ask you just to think about this. I, again, I'm not going to ask you to, well, actually, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand because I'm fairly confident that you can raise your hand to at least one of these. All right. So there's five points. And, the, and I, I want you to, if, if you can identify with this point and say, yeah, that's me. Uh, I, I want you to raise your hand, okay? So uh, this last seven days, just the last seven days, okay, this is what I'm asking you. Did you, uh, did you seek, did you have, were you leaning toward or desiring an encounter with God these last seven days? Okay, see, I knew most of you could raise your hand, okay? The next one, did you and have you been Setting rhythms for physical, emotional, and intellectual, spiritual health. Have you been doing well with this or at least improving? Have you, okay. Rhythms. Okay. Did you uh, go to sleep ever? 
this last seven days. Okay, that's good. Did you, did you have a decent sleep at least three out of five, or three out of seven? No, no one had decent sleep? You don't like raising your hand. I know, that's what it is. Okay. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to ask you to come forward and repent, okay? Okay, feeding your mind on good things. Can you identify with that? Did you have anything positive come into your mind? Did you feed yourself or was it all just, um, I don't know, not good stuff? Garbage. <laughs> okay. Uh, find your purpose and pursue community. Did you reach out to anyone this week? Come on. This is practical. Um, and did you live in view of your purpose? And last but not least here, you are not alone. Are you, were you aware and are you aware of God's love for you personally? Anyone aware of God's love for you personally? You know, some of you, you're not raising your hand, but I know, I know you are. But anyway, so this is, this is what, when we're speaking, when we're preparing these messages, that's the purpose. It's not to, uh, for you to go, wow, that was amazing, and then forget about it. It was to help us, help you in your walk with the Lord. And so the scripture, uh, I, you know, Pastor Matt quoted it last week. I'm going to quote it to you now. It's not on the screen. But do not be tired of doing what is right, because in due time, in due time, we will reap if we don't give up. That's Galatians 6 and verse 9. Today we're talking about facing failure, and uh, there's a couple of quotes I'd like to uh, give you right now, one from Mark Twain, and the other one, uh, to balance it out, is from the scriptures. Uh, and this is the fear of failure we're talking about uh, just kind of going for it in your life and not giving up. Every person with a new idea is a crank until the idea succeeds. But 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones that you did. So throw off the bow lines and sail away from the safe harbor and catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore. Dream. Discover. Go for it. Be encouraged. Like, Jesus, like, uh, like uh, God said to Joshua, be strong and be courageous. I'm going to be talking to you about that in a minute. We're going to go there. But the counterbalance to that is that we need to make sure that we understand that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all you're getting, get understanding. And what we don't want to be and do is uh, be presumptuous that just because we get some idea that that's what we're supposed to do. You know, I want to tell you, if I got the idea to uh, this week to uh, become a brain surgeon and start surgery uh, on Thursday, uh, that, that might be, you know, that might be a dream and I could go for it and I could make a real mess and kill somebody. I, I need to have wisdom as well need to have preparation. We need to, we have to understand that we, it's not just, yeah, go for it. Yeah, you could do it. Yeah. That's, that's not always the, the case. But there was, Jesus told the story of a fellow. He was a fairly rich uh, businessman, sort of a farmer, uh, rancher kind of a guy. And, and he had a lot of servants, a lot of people that worked for him. And one time he was going to be going away uh, for a, a a long trip on business, and so he gave 
uh, he gave, it's the parable of the talents, you might have heard of it, and he gave these five bags of silver to one fellow, uh, one person, and then he gave two bags to another person, and he gave one bag to a third person. According to his confidence in their abilities and reality, in wisdom, you know, it wasn't fair. Well, it was fair, but it wasn't even, right? He gave five, two, and one. And so he went away, and then he, a long time later, uh, he came back. But before he came back, while he was gone, the, the, the person that had the five bags of silver invested and, and got busy, made uh, a lot of really good moves, business moves, and increased the master's money, the boss's money, from the five to ten bags. And then the two, the one that he gave two, he, uh, he went out and and he got involved with, uh, with some kind of business, maybe a lemonade stand or whatever it was he did. And, and he, uh, he turned the two bags into four. And the guy that was given one bag, he's looking around and he sees all this going on. And he is afraid. And he's afraid of failure. And so what he does, he hides the bag of silver somewhere under the ground. He digs a hole and hides it. And when the master, the boss, came back, he gave him back his money. He says, see, I didn't lose any bit of your money. And the boss said, you lazy, you're wicked, you were afraid. And, you, you know, in fact, in Matthew 25, he tells the story. And sometimes we think, well, this refers to, you know, everything about God and it's accurate. But actually, this was not a good picture of God. And this was, this fellow was afraid of his boss and master, he says, I knew you were a harsh man. This is Matthew 25 and verse 24. I knew you were a harsh man. Uh, and the question is, you know, do we have that same warped concept of God? I was afraid I would lose your money. And so he says, you know, why didn't you at least put the money in the bank? Could have got, you know, 0.3% interest on it, you know, and got a few bucks. And uh, the, he says, take, the, take that bag and give it to the one who, had, who ended up with the 10 bags. So now he ended up with 11. And uh, he said this in verse 29. He said, to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And the, the lesson that we can learn from this and what the, what the message that we can take from this is, is that God is very uh, serious about what he's given us. What he's given us is not ours, just for ourselves. Right. What he's given us is for a purpose. And the giftings that we have, we need to not be fearful, but we need to be uh, purposeful and brave and courageous to fulfill our own destiny. Every single one of you here. Now, there's guests here today. Some of my family's here. Our son and uh, our, one of our sons and, and our, our daughter. And uh, we're, we're so glad that other families here uh, from, from all over. And you know what? You were here because it's meant to be that you're here. That God has a, a word for you. God has a message for you. And if, if you have a Bible or a Bible app or you want to follow along, uh, Joshua chapter 1, I would like to just talk about this. You know, Moses is pretty famous for, you know, for uh, addressing Pharaoh and calling down all these plagues on Egypt and leading the people and dividing the Red Sea and taking them through the desert. 
but he ended up, he ended up uh, passing the baton to Joshua, and Joshua had to take the people of Israel into Canaan, and, and he was involved with uh, leading the, the people throughout the, uh, the conquest of Canaan. And the Lord spoke to Joshua. Joshua, he was watching Moses all these years, 40 years or so. And, you know, it was very intimidating. And now he's got, he's, you know, Moses is gone, and he's the guy. And it was, it was kind of tough. But I, I want to kind of walk through this, these first, uh, I think, uh, nine verses of Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people. Now, when you see those words, the time has come, you know, this was not a surprise to Joshua. He knew that he was going to be the leader. He knew that Moses wasn't going to be going into the promised land. He knew there was going to come a time. It wasn't like, okay. Let me see, let me see. Okay, you, you, you come up here. You come up here, Joshua. <laughs> no, everybody knew that he was going to be the next leader, and it was as it worked out. But the time wasn't then, it was now. And people realized that, the time, there would be a time. And God is preparing you and won't likely be springing something on you. And sometimes we like to use the word suddenly, uh, because we're expecting an answer from God. And it's true that things do happen suddenly, but even that suddenly that we talk about, uh, quote-unquote suddenly, uh, refers to Acts chapter 2, right? Where suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and the Holy Spirit came and, and filled them all in that place, in Acts chapter 2. But that was prophesied and predicted 40 days pre previous, and they were actually waiting for that suddenly. It wasn't like, oh, this is unexpected. They were, they were actually expecting it to happen. And he said, back in verse 2, he says, I want you to lead these people across the Jordan into the land I'm going to be giving them. And again, they knew ahead of time what the plan was. It was, it was clear. There was wisdom involved. It was scary because they hadn't been there before. And, and uh you know, they sent uh, earlier, 40 years previous, they had sent spies into the land, and uh, 10 of the 12 came back and says, we can't do this. And Joshua and, and, um, and Caleb, they, they said, wait a sec, no, we're able to do this. And they, there, was, uh, there was courage there, but now it's 40 years later, and Joshua needs some encouragement from God. We're going we're gonna, to, uh, okay, verse 3, I promise... I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set your foot, you will be on land, and uh, on land I have given you. Now, again, I, I, I don't want to be taking anything away from the fact that we need to face our fears and we need to uh, face the, the possibility of failure, but God help us to realize that we can't just, you know, claim anything and say, okay, God's going to give it to me, and and wonder why God didn't come through for us. But these people, they had heard the message. They knew the boundaries beforehand. Before they even went in, they knew the boundaries, what to expect and what was their place. So where they put their foot, within the boundaries. So within the wisdom of God, within the message of God's purpose for your life and my life, 
then we can, we can be brave. We can put our foot down and say, yes, this is mine. I'm going to take this because God has promised it to me. It's part of my purpose. It's part of my call. And verse 5 says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you. I will be with you. And again, you're not alone. You're not alone. God is with you. It's important for us to recognize that God is with us. Amen. So verse 6, again, the repeat, God, uh, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous for you're the, you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land. Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. Well, I don't feel very courageous. Well, be strong. You know the plan that God has for your life. You know the purpose. You know he called you. You know what you're supposed to be doing and how you're supposed to be living. So do those things and, and be strong and be courageous. Be brave. Amen. Be careful to obey. Verse 7. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. And this is talking about how we live. Okay. While we're on our journey, while we're battling, while we're trying hard, while we're trying to do this and do that, we need to have a lifestyle of obedience to the Lord. We need to be people of character, people of kindness, people of mercy, people of, of, uh, of, uh, of faith, and, uh, and be careful to obey. It's how we live, not just what we accomplish. Okay, it's not just being, you know, I'm up for success, or I'm up for, you know, numbers on my Instagram, or I'm up for numbers on, uh, you know, more, more money in the bank. It's, it's not about those things so much as it is about who we are as people. And we need to be willing to obey the instructions of the Lord. Only then, he says in verse 8, only then you will prosper and succeed. And again, this is the third time, verse 9, this is my command. Be strong. The Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. It's on repeat. God, you know, Jesus said he gave us the great commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He says, and I am with you even until the end of the age. The last command, the great, the great command or the, uh, the great commission, Jesus talked about this. And we are to uh, be strong and courageous as it pertains to God's purpose for our life. Now, God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for my life. And even if we don't do it well, we still have to do what God wants us to do. <laughs> now, God help us to do it well and be successful. But just because we feel like, well, I can't do a good job, I'm going to let someone else do it. That, that doesn't work that way. You know, God, God's call for you and me to, is to do our part, and we do it with joy, and we do it to our best abilities. So now I want to talk to you about different aspects and different reasons why people experience the fear of failure. Uh, and these are some, some ideas that, that, that I had. And uh, the first one is because I, I let myself down before. I have let myself down before, so I'm not sure I want to pick it up. I've got regrets. Uh, possibly it's because I don't know what I, what I have to offer. There's insecurity. Sometimes we look around and think someone else is far more talented than we are. I don't really have that much to offer. Well, 
you know, maybe it's because we have insecurities. Uh, I'm tired. There's a lot of that going around. Even in my life, I'm tired. I, I, I just feel, I feel weak. And we, you know, we have limitations in our life. Uh, because I can't see how it can work out. And that's sort of having a pessimistic or a negative uh, view, viewpoint. Sometimes it's because we're perfectionists. You know, if I can't do it perfect, just not going to do it. Well, why don't you settle for an A minus and get it done? Or how about a B plus? Even a B minus is all right sometimes. I can't see how it can work out. I'm, I just, it has to be done just so, and I don't think I can pull it off. Or because I, I really don't know how it's going to work out. There's uncertainty. And some of these things come into our life, and, and we need to face these things, not only face the fact, well, we have fear of failure, but come back, go a little deeper, and face some of these reasons and some of these ideas. And fight these battles. Fight these battles. Okay. So how do we do that? Well, I want to go through this list again. Um, go to the next slide. We'll just talk about how, how we can actually face these things. So if we have regrets in our life, the Bible talks about this. And the Bible says, you know, forget the past and press on. And this is in, in uh, Philippians. Press on to the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, that means your call and my call. Like, we have a general call of, you know, fulfilling the purpose of God and, and coming to Christ and, and knowing Him and reading our Bibles and all that. That's our general call. But each one of us has a specific part to play. We have a purpose. And we forget the past and we press on to, uh, to the, the purpose that God has for us, the high call of God. If we have insecurities, we have to realize that we can't compare ourselves one to another. Sometimes, I'll be honest, this is just full disclosure, sometimes when I listen to Pastor Matt preach, I wonder where I've been for 40 years. You know, he's just an awesome preacher, but I can't compare myself to him. I have to preach like I preach. Even if I do have a big idea, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Okay. <laughs> For those of you that haven't heard Pastor Matt, Matt preach, he most often says, here's the big idea, and I'm going to tell you. Um, but you and I, we have to learn, this is the big idea, I am going to tell you. We need to trust God, have a, have a, uh, have a, uh, a, a context of believing for the best within the context of God's purpose in our lives. Okay, so that's how we face the fear uh, a failure. So insecurity, we, you know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, just, you know, we're all part of the body, and, you know, and if, if the eye was to say to the ear, because I'm not an ear, does that mean the eye's not part of the body? No, each part of the body has a part to play, and your part is important. You know, I often say this, and I'm going to say it again just because I like to repeat myself because I'm getting old. You know, take, your, take a look at your hand, Take a look at your hand, and most of us are looking at five fingers. Most of us, a thumb and four fingers or five fingers, right? So which one of those fingers would you like to do without? You know, I can probably do without my little finger as best, uh, easier than I can without my thumb. I think I'd like my thumb especially. My little finger, I don't know. It's good for doing your ears maybe, but apart from that, 
Is that too gross for a sermon? I'm just checking to see if you're listening, okay? But really, we would not, you know, thank you very much, but I'd just like to keep all five fingers, if I may, because I, I like them all. And they're all, they all have a part to play. When I grip things, they, they're all part of it. I, I could grip with just three, but it's a lot better if I have all five. And, you know, no matter what, we're all part of the body of Christ, and we have, all have a, a part to play. Okay, so we feel limited. You know, I don't have, I don't have all the strength that I wish I did. I, I'm tired. I'm weak. I, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be. But here we go. There's mercy and grace in abundance. There's mercy and grace in abundance. And there's a scripture that says when, you know, sin increases, grace increases. God's ability to forgive us and, and cleanse us, there's a, there's a corresponding increase in grace. You can't out-sin God's forgiveness. And you can't out-weak God's strengthening grace. God will help you. God will, uh, God will give you mercy. Uh, we may feel like we've, you know, we just don't always get it right. Well, you're right. I don't either. But God, there's mercy and grace in abundance. Uh, if there's negativity, well, what is the thing? What is the idea? What is the, what is the thought that can help us in our lives if we feel like, uh, you know, it's not going to work out or we are stuck with perfectionism. We remember that God is with me. God is for me. Who can be against me? Wherever I go, God is with me. His presence uh, comforts me. His presence is real in my life. And uh, this last one, uncertainty, and I, I have a, a quick story to tell you about this. Uh, I realize that uh, we've been, I've been uh, speaking quite a long time here, but uncertainty in the future, and we need to learn how to put our trust in God. God is the one who is our source, and we know that he will work everything out for good to those who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. And uh, years ago, I, uh, I was going through some things, and um, I needed to take a, a break, a step away from pastoring, and I, it was very difficult for me. I was working uh, in, a, in a shelter, a homeless shelter, and I really enjoyed that, uh, in spite of the fact that it wasn't what I felt like I was called. It wasn't my passion particularly, but I, I began pastoring a whole different group of people, so that was kind of cool. And my friend who uh, uh, who hired me, she was she was the pastor of the, the Salvation Army Church that ran this shelter, and and you know she was so encouraging. But she was a very great leader, a strong leader, and uh, she ran you know she ran the whole thing. Uh, and so she was very affirming, affirming to me and helped me a lot uh, as I was you know trying to do a good job there in that shelter. But I, I was struggling at that time inside, and I, there was uncertainty because, you know, I know I knew that I was called to be a pastor, and I just couldn't see how that could be. And, you know, I, when people come to me and came to me as a pastor, if they, would, if they would ask me or talk to me, I would give them counsel, and I would say, hey, you know, it, it would be good for you to try to learn how to trust God in this situation. You know, it's really good advice. And, and so then... She said to me, when I was telling her that I was just feeling, you know, feeling insecure about the future and uncertainty, and it was really hard for me, 
And she says, well, Mike, you know, you, you need to trust God. Well, I, I was mad. What do you mean? You're telling me I need to trust God. I, I tell other people they need to trust God. I know I need to trust. No, but the, the talk that I, the self-talk that I had inside was not trusting God. And so what I needed to do was when I had those ideas that came up against me, I needed to use spiritual warfare, and I needed to keep my trust and my focus on the goodness and the purpose of God. And I want to encourage you here today that, you know, one of these things here, and, and why don't you take a look at these, these things on the screen, and if you're watching, you saw them online. I think you might even have them across the bottom, all of them there. I, I think they're all there. Um, but what you need to realize is this. You can, you can identify with at least one of these things. What I want to encourage you to do is to look at the ones that you feel like, okay, I can identify with that, uh, whether it's regret or insecurity or limitations or negativity or uncertainty. You know, what, what one of those things seems to be something that you can really identify with? And what is the corresponding sort of action that we can take and I just want to encourage you to this week to meditate on that. And, uh, you know, you can, some people have been taking a photo of this screen in the house here. Or you can watch it online and uh, whatever it is, or you can even jot down these different ideas. But what is it if you feel like, oh, I have, I have limitations? Well, I need to celebrate the mercy and grace of God. I may feel like I don't have all, have, I don't have all that it takes. Well, thank God there's mercy and there's grace for me, and I can do my part, and God's going to fill in the cracks, and he's going to help someone else. Someone else will come by, and, and they will do the rest of the work. They'll do their part. I can't do everybody's part. I can just do my part, and there's mercy, and there's grace, and, and so we can take whatever uh, sort of these answers are. We can apply them to our life, and I want to encourage you with that today. Um, I'm just going to close in just a minute, but there's a scripture I just feel like it's just so important for us. And, you know, we, we talk about how much God loves us. And, you know, I just want to say it again to you. Okay, God knows you. He knows your address. He knows your PIN number on your bank card. He knows everything about you. And he still loves you. And the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18, this kind of love has no fear. This kind of love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. And this is maybe the simplest and most profound and the deepest place that you and I can go. If we're fighting anxiety and fear of failure, we can know the love of God. The prayer of the Holy Spirit in the scriptures in Ephesians, it says that, that you would know the love of God, the height and the depth and the length and the breadth of God's love, together with all of God's people, that we can know God, we can know his love for us, and we know the information. I'm not talking about the information. I'm talking about letting God's love touch your heart. Please, I'm going to pray for you here today. Uh, if, if, uh, if you would, open your life to God and receive his love. If we are afraid, it goes on to say it's because of fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Just like that guy with the, with the one bag. You know, he was afraid that the boss was going to be mad at him. And the boss was mad at him. 
but with knowing God's love in our life, experiencing God's grace, God has a, God has a, a heart for you and me. Could we, maybe we could stand together, please. Could we do that? Jesus, we just uh, come before your throne right now, and we thank you for this morning. Thanks for all the women here, all the moms, and everyone else who's here. God, you know each one of us, and you know what we're going through. We, we, uh, we say hello, and we smile to each other, and uh, it's probably a good thing. But there, there's a place for us in your presence to know you and to know your love. And I pray, God, right now that we all, that we can open our life to experience your love in a deeper way. Father, would you, would you show us your love? Show us your grace and mercy. Teach us, Lord. Teach us, Lord, how that we can face our fear, even if we have a fear of failure, Lord, that we can not let that cripple us, but we can move forward, forget the things that are behind, and press on. To, to capture the reason that God captured us, to grasp that purpose for which God grasped us. I pray here today, Lord, if there's anyone here in the sound of my voice that does not know you, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. That's a really good prayer. If you don't know Jesus here today, you pray that prayer, Jesus, please reveal yourself to me. If you'd like to know more about that, we have people that will be praying available to pray for you at the front of the service here. Or if you're online, you can put it in the chat. And if you don't want to put it in the chat, send an email to office at lifechurchwr.com. We will uh, respond to you. But here today in the room, Lord, I pray that you would meet each and every person in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Pastor Mike. What a great word this morning. Are you encouraged, church? I hope you're encouraged. Man, as Pastor Mike was preaching this morning, I was just thinking about some of the things he was saying, and I was reminded of a scripture. I was reminded of a saying of Jesus. He talked about it at the beginning. Pastor Mike talked about this tension of, you know, does facing failure mean that you just jump in and do whatever you want to do? Uh, but no, it's not. There needs to be some wisdom with that, and that can also create anxiety. Well, what kind of wisdom do I need to have? And the answer is what he talked about at the end there, which is about a relationship with Jesus. The key to this is a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus says this. He says, without me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Just don't face that fear. Don't go into anything. But then he says this, but with God, nothing is impossible. And so I just want to encourage you today, as we leave this place today, let's go full of the grace of God. Let's go full of his, 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 his calling, just knowing that he's with us. And let's walk in that this week in confidence and courage that with God, nothing is impossible. That he goes before us. He makes a way for us. He's got a plan. He knows each one of your days before you lived one of them. Our God is guiding each one of your steps this morning. I'm going to invite you to sit down as we close today.